Now the future is, is bright. I saw these students today, in these young students in these two schools. Their mind, their smart questions gave me more motivation to do my work as a researcher, as a scientist. And the future is bright and Portugal is more than ready for space exploration. Hey, Space Watchers, this is Space Cafe Radio, your channel about trends, awesome events and interesting people in the space sector. Late November last year, I was invited to travel to the Azores. This was my first time on this wonderful location. I was invited to Kamresh, an analog mission into a lava tube. We produced a number of Space Cafe clips and also a Space Cafe radio with Dr. Slavka Andrejkovichkova, but one interview I saved. Today, I'm talking with Dr. Anna Piresh, a researcher at Ineshtek's Center for Robotics and Autonomous Systems. But most recently, she got a very special award, the Women 3.0 Award in the category Science and Technology. And just to quote her, Science is my passion and I hope to continue contributing to science and technology in Portugal and perhaps inspire other young women to fly and never give up on their dreams and passions with no limitations. We all can learn from her passion and motivation. She is truly a role model to follow for many. I'm Torsten, publisher of Spacewatch.global. Lean back and enjoy this wonderful conversation. Hey, Space Watchers, I'm sitting here together with Anna Piresh, the initiator, the brain, the power behind Kamwesh. Welcome to the show, Anna. Great to have you here. It's great to be with you, Torsten. Thank you so much. I'm honored. It's my pleasure. Let's start. Let's jump into it. Kamwesh, <laughs> can you explain a bit more? No, of course, Kamwesh started as a project a caving analog mission, but with three perspectives. Uh, the oish means ocean, earth and space. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to offer in Terceira Island these three dimensions because we saw the potential in this island. But of course, the focus for this project and the mission of Crew Zero is space training. Okay. And what is the story? So how did that came together <laughs> because the first time I heard about this mission was during GLEX, so in summer this year. So what was GLEX about uh, and how did it lead to this mission that happened? It's almost like a dream come true, Torsten. In GLEX we announced it, but the GLEX was the stage where we decided to announce this mission, mm -hmm, the first mm -hmm. analog mission in Portugal that will take place in Terceira Island in Gruta de Natal, in Natal Cave. But obviously for years, me and Professor Rui Moura from the University of Aveiro, we had for years this geoplanetary vision. And with Professor João Carlos Nunes, also in this team, in our core team, we decided, okay, this is the time I think that we are living exciting times. And even for Portugal, we have a lot of potential. So let's do it. Let's try to announce and risk and see if we can develop for the first time a place to create a testbed for space trainings and for a, a course in terms of planetary geology. That was our mind, our vision. It started like that. And with Professor João Carlos, a volcanologist here in the University of the Azores, he immediately said, okay, have the perfect cave for this. And Natal Cave is perfect because she's a lava tube. 
She's very similar in terms of geology with other lava tubes that were already identified on the moon and on Mars. And in, in geological terms, there are some similarities. But Natal Cave also offers security, safety and logistics because it is operated and managed by Associação Os Montanheiros, a local association in Terceira Island that manages the cave. So the cave is open to the public. So the footprint, the human footprint, it's reduced. We, we, we knew it that the cave is already open to, yeah. to public. Uh, Natal Cave is very special because it offers also a base camp at the surface, which is the reception. And it was the place where we recharge equipment, we repair equipment, we do our hygiene, we eat. So the surface was only to use for a few hours and then all the time. 24-7, we spend it inside a cave, doing science, testing technology, doing our field work, doing our experiments, and also to sleep. Maybe you'll explain our audience a bit more about your background, because most of us, when we grow up, uh, had this dream to become an astronaut or a fireman or an animal doctor or whatever. But astronaut is very high up in the, in the ranking. Mm -hmm. But from the dream to operating, commanding a mission, that's quite a way. What is your background? What is your yeah, day job? Uh, I have my feet on the ground on Earth, <laughs> even if I'm in love by space exploration, but I'm passionate about engineering and technology and robotics and geosciences. And that is my background. I'm a geotechnical engineer. So my life is rocks. I'm in love by rocks. But what, what does it mean, a geotechnical so engineer? A, a geotechnical engineer. So I'm worried about the, the geotechnics and geomechanical and, and the stability of the lava tube. That was my main concern. And that is my background. So I have a PhD in geosciences and I work in a robotics and autonomous systems lab. I, I'm trying to do a fusion between geosciences and geotechnologies. And my goal is to understand the quality of the rock, the properties of the rock, the geomechanics, the geotechnics, to understand if these kind of structures could be safe mm -hmm. to protect uh, future astronauts in long missions from radiation, for example. And this background and these last couple of years with uh, Rui Moura and Professor Elder Cheminet, we have been working in engineering, construction and architecture on the moon and on Mars. That is our goal and our objective with our research. And we try to put several fields of research in action and almost like a transdisciplinarity goal where we put several fields of research like geophysics, geotechnics, geomechanical, and try to complement each other and to understand if these kind of structures and others could be safe in terms of risk, geohazards, for us to build an, an habitat, to live inside these kind of structures. So my background, this geotechnical background, allowed me to grow a little bit and this passion for science, for geosciences and, and for space ex exploration allowed us uh, to try to, to give a different approach to our study and our goal uh, under the scope of this analog mission. I see. Let's talk about the team that you brought together, the seven people that have been including you in the cave, plus your one backup. Everyone I could interview over the last days or from your team seems to be connected to you. 
So is it really your friends, colleagues that you called and said, hey, I have this crazy idea of a mission. Are you going to join me? Or how did it work? Did they apply for that? Yes, uh, Thorsten. In fact, I feel that I was the point of connection between all of them. I knew all of them. It was a, a direct invitation because I knew who I wanted to bring to this first mission to prove the concept because I, I felt that Portugal as a space emergent nation, we first need to prove the concept to show that we have this potential. And now that we have proven, we can now think about opening the cave to our national scientific community and international community. And who knows to have ESA or NASA astronauts doing their trainings, space trainings, and learning about planetary geology inside Natal Cave. But before that, I thought, okay, I need a multidisciplinary team with different backgrounds, from human factors to extreme medicine to sensory sensing technologies, biomonitoring, etc., astrobiology, bring different fields of research with the connections that I already had. Can you be more precise on the team? You had seven people that have been in, in the cave. How was this split? Okay, you didn't need a driver. Okay, fair point, taken off. But uh, <laughs> someone for the logistics, for the supply chain, or someone for the medical side, someone for... So how was the structure? Absolutely. After Glex, when mm. we announced it, it was almost like running against time because we were ready to do this first mission and to carry out this first mission in November. Four or five months to plan. And I needed someone that was already an explorer and someone from adventure, exploration, Paul Neal is amazing in terms of logistics, all the practicalities that we needed from the leading team. So it, the lead partner was absolutely amazing in, in operations. Yvette, in terms of planning, ideal planning the schedule, the lunar schedule. So we all have our own research. So it was really easy between the seven of us, because at some point we knew that from these 11 members of the core team that I put together, volcanologists, geologists, geophysics, uh, etc., people from different backgrounds, I had to uh, ask the big question, who is going with me? And, and then... Th th they all have been voluntary? Or I, I don't assume that you paid them for coming? No, absolutely not. So we found sponsors. We have Inesctec mm -hmm. as the co-leader, as uh, Inesctec, Associação dos Montanheiros, a lot of sponsors. Câmara Municipal, the municipality of Angra do Heroismo, the Chamber of Commerce, the, even the government of the regional government of the Azores. We had these amazing supporters and sponsors. Without them, this could not be possible. And even private companies like Decunify, Sograp, Expanding, etc., that were our main sponsors. People wanted to also to carry out their experiments, to have uh, to, to test their, their limits. And when I did this big quest question, I saw that I, I had six yes, with me seven. So we, had, we have our crew zero decided. The other four were mission control, more three women medical doctors, and a lot of faces that we didn't saw and you didn't saw, 
like Red Cross, Montanheiros, uh, a lot of volunteers, the local community, uh, civil protection, etc. A lot of faces that are not visible. I feel that more than 40 people also are part of this story. Kamosh had a lot of firsts this time. And I'm not the expert in analog missions, and I'm honest and on that. But when I read into the, the material that I got from you, there were first Portuguese female commander. What else was was a first? Everything. It was the first analog mission in Portugal. Finally, the young people can have a test bed, a, a place where they can learn about planetary geology. The first analog mission. This is amazing. We did history with all of this, with the community in Terceira Island, in, in the Azores region and in Portugal. Mm. I wanted that this mission could be led by women. So my right hand was Yvette Gonzalez, the amazing Yvette Gonzalez, an amazing researcher. She was my right hand, my XO, my executive officer. And we decided, okay, two women leading the mission. This was also the first time. But also this cultural mix. Different countries, five countries. Among us, we spoke eight languages from 11 different fields of action and fields of research. It was absolutely amazing. We had a mix of culture. Um, it, it was absolutely amazing. And people with experience in, in space exploration. People with less experience, but that brought another type of experience. Uh, and that was amazing. And what was interesting to see, it was the range of ages. Our youngest crew member have uh, 37 years and the oldest 57. So we are talking about experienced people, experienced researchers, professors in mm -hmm. universities. It was almost like a dream to experience. We all felt that we learn with each other. And these analog missions, like many others that exist all around the world, became very yeah. special for us because this analog mission was the first one in Portugal, but the research in numbers is very impressive and we are looking forward to present and to publish our results. When the work is done, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Over the last days, I had the honor to interview a number of the, the mm. team members and surrounding people. So I tried to tell the story of this Absolute fantastic mission patch in these short interviews. Tell us your story. What was the story about this mission patch? Because everything you say from the first and from the crews and so mm -hmm. is represented somehow in that. And that's fantastic. In fact, once again, we had our connections. The connections had other connections. And Tom Foltz, our colleague from the United States, did an amazing job with the patch. Uh, in fact, Torsten, we will have two patches. This official patch that you already know. And we have ongoing a competition, an educational patch uh, that is still ongoing where students from Portugal can apply, develop and draw the, the educational patch nice. that will become our outreach and educational patch that you know that was also a component very important for us under the scope of this analog mission and under the scope of Camões project. And we would like also to explore that outreach component and, and educational. But the patch, Tom Foltz was inspired yeah. by Camões, uh, which is a Portuguese poet. Inside the moon, you can see uh, Camões' face. You have the moon because strategically we decided that this mission, this analog mission, could be interesting to do an analog mission to the moon 
because of Artemis program, etc. And you see also the mountain, the volcano. You see the configuration of Gruta de Natal, of Natal Cave. And you see the uh, five stars that represent the five members on the uh, advisory board. Six stars that represent the amazing scientific commission that we have. Seven headlamps inside the, the cave, which represents the seven crew members mm -hmm. of the Crew Zero. And four stars that are underneath the volcano, which represents the four members that support us in mission control. So this is the story, a little bit of the story and how Tom Foltz was inspired by this patch and how he conceptualized our patch. And we fell in love by the patch. I'm also so proud to be the commander of this amazing team. I bet. Outreach is part of any mission or should be part of any mission. And we have seen that with the Barashid mission, which aimed really for basic outreach into schools, elementary schools in Israel before they flew to the moon. And I had the pleasure today to see you in action in one of the schools here on the island. You rocked the floor, literally everyone you presented as a star and the dynamic in this totally filled Alma Mater in the school was great. <laughs> this atmosphere was fantastic. I didn't understand a word because it happened in Portuguese, but no <laughs> words needed, I, have, I, I would say. Thank you, Thorsten. It, it was so good to share with you these moments. It was really, I was proud to share with you these moments because this component was really important for us. And w what I used to say, I do outreach not only here, in the Azores, because the mission was over and we felt, I think that you saw in our eyes, in the crew members' eyes, this passion for science, for exploration. And it's almost like a requirement, a need of telling all the students, the young people, like mm -hmm. Ideal used to say, this world changers, th they are the future. And to tell them what we did how we are opening doors for them. And we already did that in the past under the scope of Space for All Nations in the mm -hmm. International Institute for Astronautical Sciences. But here it was in another context. In GLEX, we did that in June when we announced the mission. We were here in the same school. Today, we went to the same school and another. And this need, it's almost like this requirement of telling them what we did. What was this mission about? And it was amazing. And this outreach, this educational component that we had, as even inside the cave, we did a lot of Zoom meetings with schools, mainland, Portugal mainland and Madeira Island, and one special session for a lot of islands in the Azores region. And another with the schools of the United States. We even had a school from Bronx, the old neighborhood where ideal used to live. So it was really emotional. I think that you felt these emotions in our skin. And this is what we feel every day. It's a need of telling young people, in, in particular young girls, our passion for science, hoping to inspire them. I think that came to my mind today. What was super smart to do that here on the island in this cave, which is publicly accessible, as you said, so every one of these people in the school can go with their parents or alone, if they're allowed, to this cave and see where you have been, where you spent 
a week of your life doing research. And I know that as a science research, it's part of IDEAL's mission as well. I, I was absolutely blown away and amazed and convinced. And it is also important after this mission, we have so many ideas, so many partners that are already uh, in, in connection, that already contacted us to do programs inside the cave with, with students, young girls, young boys. So we have so many ideas already and we have the right persons. We have absolutely amazing women, inspiring women that we can do absolutely amazing things here in Portugal. What will happen after Crew Zero? My, my vision now is that we need to rest. We yes. need to start taking care of our data, analyze all the data, publish. This is our goal. But we also need to do a briefing with the team to understand how can we improve. And I think that the next step is really to open the cave to other crews and members and to other researchers from our national scientific community or international community. I think that the, the mission was a success, in my opinion. Now we need to plan and to decide how often we will open the cave for this type of missions and to discuss among us how was it, what are the future perspectives for us what what do we want how do we want to open the cave so is is for researchers is is for all the people in the world crew members etc are we going to open an application for them to uh, so we need to discuss between associations montanheiros in Esquetec, the leaders and we need to decide le lessons learned and we need to decide the future but i think that after the success the concept was proven The island was, and that appeared to me, pretty proud host of the of the mission. So, in your opinion, what else is possible here on the island if you broaden your view now a bit? What I think is that Terceira Island, first of all, is the stage of Glex Summit forever. It was decided last Glex that Terceira Island will be the stage of Glex Summit. So, every year... Terceira Island will receive explorers from all around the world. This is good also for us. Terceira Island has a strategic uh, geoposition. It's between the United States and Europe. has an amazing lava tube, Natal Cave, uh, other caves that we can even think about exploring. The mission is over. We are going to brief and we are going Uh, to make our conclusions and decide how is going Associações Montanheiros to plan the, the program for future missions and for future crews. But we have the project. And Camões project has these two more dimensions, earth and ocean. And we didn't explore that yet. And we need. So this is the, also the next step. And it is my vision. And as in Esquetec, And uh, I'm a researcher at the Center for Robotics and Autonomous Systems. And as our expertise and our core is underwater technologies. So I'm envision a lot of things. I have a lot of ideas and I, I see one thing. One, one thing I'm certain that this island has a lot of potential and can embrace these three perspectives, ocean, air, earth and space. So let's do this. I had the great honor yesterday to, to meet with your CEO of Ineshtech. And I think he shares your passion. He shares the vision. And just that he appears shows a commitment, I think, also to you. 
what happens to you in the next days, week <laughs> after taking a rest, taking a, good, a shower and having good meals? <laughs> no, so it was intense, as you saw. I think that you became also part of the story. Space Watch Global was Camões media partner. And it was an honor to have you as our partner, for you to be in Portugal to see that we made story, <laughs> that we did an amazing thing in Portugal. It was intense, but I'm full of energy. I already take a shower and now I'm also ready to prepare the science to see what we have been doing inside the cave. I'm, I'm so excited and full of energy. And this is because we have the right people in, in the team. We have amazing women, we have amazing men, and we will do amazing things. We keep our readers and listeners up for the results. So you will give us a time to tell us a bit what you find out. So what new species you found and <laughs> what life is on Mars? Or, or on the moon. No, absolutely. Now the future is, is bright. I saw these students today, in these young students in these two schools, their mind, their smart questions it gave me more motivation to do my work as a researcher, as a scientist. And the future is bright and Portugal is more than ready for space exploration. Thank you, Torsten, Thank for being part of our story, of Camões' story. A great pleasure. Thank you very much for your time, Anna. Thank you. If you have further questions, reach out to us at radio at spacewatch.global. If you like these or other episodes of Space Cafe Radio, leave us a rating on your preferred podcast platform. It is the currency of today. And if you want to stay on the pulse of the space industry, please visit our website at www.spacewatch.global and subscribe to our newsletters. And of course, don't forget to become a Space Watcher. I'm Torsten Kreening, publisher at spacewatch.global, your independent perspective on space.